What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, and welcome to part four, the final part of episode zero of my weekly NFL pick show for the 2016-2017 NFL season. We finally made it, ladies and gentlemen. You've come all this way with me, and we're finally at the end of episode zero. After this episode today is when we get into the stuff that matters, the regular season, week one picks. That's going to be next episode, but make sure you stay tuned through the entirety of today's episode in which we will be predicting the records in the NFC, as I mentioned last week. Stay tuned to the end for a special announcement that I teased last night on Facebook. So as I mentioned, this episode is going to be predicting the records in the NFC as we did two weeks ago with the AFC. Just a reminder, we're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes, up to 17 SoundCloud followers, which I'm very, very excited about. I I really, like, that's more followers on SoundCloud than I would have expected this early in the season. SoundCloud.com slash Bridgewater's Finest or search Bridgewater's Finest in the SoundCloud app. If you prefer iTunes to SoundCloud, you can also search Bridgewater's Finest in iTunes. We've got a couple of iTunes subscribers, a couple of iTunes downloads, few more than a few spins on SoundCloud, and as I mentioned, 17 SoundCloud followers. That's awesome. You can get us on all of those platforms, or if YouTube's your baby, we're always going to be here too. And I know I've mentioned them every week, but the private pick'em and the against the spread pick'em, we're up to 15 and 10 members in those two pools, which is lower than I would have wanted heading into the season, which is, you know, next week. But hey, we have what we have. If you're interested in joining, all the information is in the description of the video below on YouTube, or you go to football.fantasysports.yahoo.com slash pick'em slash register slash join group. The group IDs are 3343 for the straight up, 3451 for the ATS, whichever you want to join, or hey, maybe join both. The passwords for both of them are 123456789. Maybe this is not effective. Maybe this needs a little video. Stay tuned for that one, but with the housekeeping out of the way, let's get into it. Predicting the records in the NFC. We're going to go the same way we did last time, east, north, south, and west. So we're going to start with the NFC East, which now, especially with the injury to Tony Romo, the long-term injury to Tony Romo, this is a division that is wide open. Let's start with those aforementioned Dallas Cowboys. Now, prior to the Tony Romo injury, I may have been successfully tempted to give Dallas a better record here. That offensive line is very good. Everyone's very high on Ezekiel Elliott, except me, it seems, for having a monster season behind that offensive line. I continue to purport that you don't roster the four running backs that Dallas has on their roster if you really think Ezekiel Elliott is your bell cow. That's just me. Maybe they're just insulating a rookie, or maybe I'm just reading too much into it. Who knows? I don't have as much faith in Ezekiel Elliott as everybody else seems to have. They have a decent defense. I don't think that defense is spectacular, and there are some pretty good offenses in this division and, of course, in the NFC. Dallas does not have the easiest schedule this season. Prior to the Tony Romo injury, I may have thought that maybe they'd have an over 500 record this season, probably somewhere in the area, maybe even double-digit wins. No disrespect to Dak Prescott at all, who has been unreal in the preseason. 
He's been unreal against second and third team defenses in games that, quote unquote, don't matter. Now the games matter. Now he's the number one. He doesn't have Tony Romo there knowing that he's going to be playing second fiddle to an established quarterback. This is his team until Romo is back. I'll be interested to see how a rookie quarterback and a rookie running back are going to do in this division, in a very tight division, competitive division. I only see Dallas going 8-8. Eight and eight. And of that 8-8 eight and eight record, I expect to be an even split road wins and home wins. I think they go 4-4 four and four at home. I think they go 4-4 four and four on the road. At home, I see losses in Week 1 to the Giants. In Dallas, week one, I think the Giants win that game. Uh, They're going to lose at home against Cincinnati. They're going to lose at home against Philadelphia, another division loss at home. And I think Baltimore also beats Dallas in week 11. At home, I think they beat Chicago. I think they beat Washington when they get them at home. Uh, The Bucs and the Lions, I think they win those games as well. They're going to have road wins, divisional road wins, in New York and in Philadelphia. But that's late in the season. It's going to be too little too late. Or is it? But late in the season, I think they put on a rush. I think they win the last four games of the season, to be perfectly honest. And in this division, those games matter. But I still think they go into those last four games a 4-8 and eight team. So I don't like Dallas to finish any better than 8-8 eight and eight on the season. No disrespect to Des Bryant. No disrespect to Dak Prescott or Tony Romo once he gets back in there, if he can stay out there for longer than a few snaps. But I just don't see the 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 all-star I don't see that like the big over-the-top quality of this Dallas team I love Des Bryant but I don't think they finish any better than eight and eight let's go down to the Giants and everybody seems to be talking about this Giants offense how potent this Giants offense is going to be especially in terms of fantasy and I agree there are fantasy weapons on that team and I think Eli Manning is going to have a heck of a good season who I don't hear anyone talking about is the Giants defense and not that the Giants defense is bad it's possibly the best defense in this division Washington may have a thing or two to say about that but I don't think their defense is stout let's put it that way I don't think of the New York Giants defense when I think of who are some of the best defenses in the league or even who are some of the best defenses in the NFC I don't think about the New York Giants they don't come to mind so everyone talking about that offense You kind of need both sides of the ball, all three facets of the game, in fact, including special teams, to really be a dangerous team in the NFC, let alone the whole NFL. But the Giants, I think they start the season 3-0. Those first three games at Dallas and then hosting the Saints and the Redskins, I think they win those games. The game at Dallas is probably the more coin flip of the two. Saints don't play well on the road. Washington, it's a division game. I think the Giants are a better team. I think they start out 3-0. And I think they're still above 500 at 4-3 by the time they hit the bye week in week 8. Road wins. I like them to win, as I said, week 1 in Dallas. And I like them to win in Philadelphia, but I think this Giants team is going to struggle on the road. They've got a bit of a tough road schedule here. They're at Minnesota in week four. I don't think they win that game. Then they have to go into Green Bay the week after that. They're definitely not winning that game. A couple of upsets here, though, for the Giants on the road. I think they lose in Los Angeles. That's right ahead of their bye week. I think they're going to be looking ahead to the bye I don't think they win that game. And then at Cleveland in week 12, that's the big upset. That is one of the two games that I think Cleveland wins this season. So I think Cleveland 
beats the Giants in Cleveland in Week 12. They also have to go into Pittsburgh. I don't think they win that game. And then at Washington at the end of the season, I think Washington... A divisional game, Week 17, possibly with playoff implications on the line for who's going to win this division. I like Washington to come up big and win that game. I also have the Giants finishing at 8-8. Eight and eight. So they might only be 2-6 and six on the road, but I think they're going to be 6-2 and two at home. They got a pretty favorable home schedule here, as I mentioned. The Saints and the Redskins early in the season. I think they beat Baltimore in New York Week 6. I think they upset Cincinnati Week 10 in New York. They beat Chicago in the next week, week 11. They got Detroit. That's a winnable game in week 15. So I think the Giants also finish 8-8 eight and eight at the end of the season to tie with the Cowboys. Let's go to Philadelphia where the Eagles have reportedly wished that they could fire everyone on the receiving core except for Jordan Matthews. So little bit of turmoil in Philadelphia as well. Obviously, new coaching staff, Chip Kelly, out of town. Uh, suspect defense at best, we'll put it. Um, I think that offense has a chance to do some good things, but I'm obviously, like many others, very uncertain around the quarterback situation. Obviously, Carson Wentz with his uh, rib injury and then having to rely on, you know, guys that are not exactly, let's call them proven in the NFL. The Eagles have a very early bye week, the earliest bye week in this division at week four. But I think Philadelphia comes out of the gates firing on all cylinders here. I think this is a 3-0 and team heading into the bye in week four. They got a very winnable game first week of the season. Uh, they have Cleveland in Philadelphia. They're going to win that game. Then they go to Chicago. They win that game. That's momentum. They're 2-0. and They host Pittsburgh in week three, the Battle of Pennsylvania. And I think Philly wins that game. So I've got Philly at 3-0. and Boom. Heading into the bye week in week four. Unfortunately, I think they lose the next three games coming out of the bye week at Detroit, at Washington, and then home to Minnesota. This is going to be a very streaky team. They're going to go on win streak, losing streak, win streak, losing streak, and that's kind of the way they're going to ride out the season here. After the bye week, they're at Detroit, at Washington, and then host Minnesota. I think they lose all three of those games. Then they're at Dallas and at New York, two divisional road games, but I think they win both of those games. I also think they beat Atlanta at home. After that, I think they only win one game after week 10, and that is week 14 when they host Washington. I've only got Philadelphia ending the season at 7-9. and nine. Unfortunately, they will miss the playoffs. They will not compete for the division, and that early bye week, I think, is going to spell doom for them because I think they're going to run out of steam here towards the end of the season, and they have got a rough end to their schedule. Week 11, they're in Seattle. Week 12, they host Green Bay. Week 13, they're in Cincinnati. They're losing all those games. I'm sorry. Week 15, they're in Baltimore. Baltimore is a better home team than they are a road team. I think Baltimore can beat them that late in the season. They got two divisional games to end the season. I think they lose both of those as well. Philadelphia really going to stumble down the stretch here to finish 7-9. and nine. Then we come to the Washington Redskins. Everybody seems to be very high on Kirk Cousins to continue moving forward as a quarterback. Certainly in terms of fantasy potential, he's expected to put up some big numbers this season, compete for a top 10 spot among the fantasy quarterbacks. I don't know if I can buy that, especially with the schedule they have. They have a difficult schedule, especially some of their road games, which are just killers, I think, and deceptive killers. 
I only have Washington finishing the season 6-10. and 10. I hate to say it. I think that defense can be very good, but it's by no means a lock that the defense is going to be good. They can stop the run. They've shown that the last couple of seasons, but they're by no means a lock as a team that can stop the run. And there's some good running backs in their own division, much less who they're going to play. Uh, I think they lose. uh, They're basically going to go win-loss, win-loss, win-loss until their bye in week nine. But they're going to lose the two games ahead of their bye. They're both road games. They're in Detroit and in Cincinnati. I think they lose both of those games. I think they beat Minnesota coming out of their bye. They have that game at home. After that, uh, hosting Green Bay. They're losing that. At Dallas, sorry. At Arizona, yeah, no thanks. At Philadelphia, that's three straight road games. Two of them are divisional. I don't think they're going to do very well in that stretch. And then they come home and they play Carolina, and that's just not fair. I think they win a couple of basically meaningless games to them towards the end of the season. By that point, they're a 4-10 and team, and they're out of it. I only think Washington finishes the season 6-10, and and they are unfortunately the team in the basement of the NFC East. So as I mentioned when I talked about them, Dallas and the Giants both finish the season at 8-8. Eight and eight. So they're tied. Comes down to tiebreakers. And in the third tiebreaker down the list, the New York Giants will win the NFC East. They beat Dallas in the third tiebreaker, which is record against common opponents. And the Giants will have one more win in games against common opponents than will the Dallas Cowboys. Giants win the NFC East. Giants are going to the playoffs. And again, if Romo was healthy, Dallas probably wins this division. He's not. It's Dak Prescott. He's unknown. Ezekiel Elliott is unknown. That offensive line is good, but it's got to be more than that. So I like the Giants to go to the playoffs. Now let's go to the NFC North where we have two teams who are very good, almost elite, I would say. We have one team that's now searching for a new identity after the retirement of their best player and who's been their best player probably for a decade. And then we have the Chicago Bears and that's where we're going to start. Um, Chicago fans, come here, come here. Just just come here. Just, just let's huddle up. Let me tell you about the virtues of a top five draft pick. Because I think that's what you're going to get this season. Um, I have the Chicago Bears finishing 3-13. and 13. Now, a good thing is that two of those three wins are going to come on the road. Which is good. A team's got to know how to win on the road. I think they're going to beat Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay in Week 10. And I think they're going to beat Detroit, division game, in Detroit in Week 14. Now, the problem when you're a 3-13 team and two of your three wins have come on the road means you went 1-7 at home, and that's unfortunate. Their only home win I have them getting this season is Week 13 against San Francisco. That's their easiest home game. I think they win that game. I don't think Chicago wins a game before their bye week in Week 9. Those are losses in Houston, against Philadelphia, in Dallas, against Detroit, in Indianapolis. Good luck with that one. Uh, Hosting Jacksonville, I think Jacksonville is a much improved team this season, at Green Bay, (laughs) and then Minnesota in Chicago, and that's obviously a very difficult game as well, division game, and Minnesota's just good. So, unfortunately, I think those are Chicago's only wins this season. You had a guy in Matt Forte, and you traded him away. He's gone. It's Jeremy Langford's team now. I don't think Langford, we haven't seen enough of Langford. What we've seen of Langford has been good. 
Don't get me wrong. What we've seen of him is good, but we need to see more. And as long as Jay Cutler's still your quarterback, who's their best receiver? Kevin White? Okay, Uh, yeah. So unfortunately, Chicago fans, especially Chicago underscore span on Twitter, uh, I'm very sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry that I have to say this, but uh, your Bears are going to have a rough season. But again, hey, a top five pick, that's a good thing. Top five pick in the draft, yeah. Just Toronto Maple Leafs method. Just, yeah, top pick in the draft. Woo! Uh, yeah, Chicago's finishing 3-13. and Now we head to Detroit, where life after Megatron is beginning for the Lions in Michigan. Um, one thing I want to say about Detroit before I talk about anything they're going to do on the field this season, Matt Stafford is a player who is just getting downright disrespected in fantasy. Um, with the way he's being drafted or not being drafted at all, Um, in certain fantasy drafts. I mean, look, Matt Stafford is still Matt Stafford. The guy's got a cannon for an arm. And it's not like he's got no receivers anymore. He's got Golden Tate. Golden Tate had 90 targets last year. Golden Tate's a really good wide receiver. Is he a good... Is he a wide receiver one? (sighs) Borderline. But the fact that Matt Stafford's not being drafted at all... That's a bit that's a bit disrespectful to a guy that has been very good in this league for a long time. In any case, Detroit. Uh, obviously, you're not going to be the worst team in the division because that is Chicago's got that one all wrapped up. I think Detroit actually has a pretty good start to the season. I think this is a team that is, you know, in the conversation for the best record in the division through the first half of the season. They start. They start off rough. The first three weeks, they're at Indianapolis. They host Tennessee, who I think is going to be better this season, as I mentioned. And then they're in Green Bay. They lose those two road games. I'm sorry. They ain't beating Indian Indy. They ain't beating Green Bay in Green Bay. I think they do beat Tennessee in Detroit week two. So there's your win there. Then I think they're going to go on a little win streak. They go to Chicago. They win that game. They host Philly. LA and Washington, three straight home games. I think they win all three of those home games. Detroit is going to look good at the start of the season. Unfortunately, after week seven, I only see them winning one of those games, which is really unfortunate. And that includes week 14, a loss where they're hosting Chicago. And that's really going to be the point where, you know what, let's just just pack it up like the season's the season's done at this point when they lose at home to Chicago who is one of the worst teams I think in the NFC this season they're going to end the season losing five straight games including uh three of them are going to be on the road uh in New Orleans in New York to play the Giants and in Dallas they got Green Bay at the end of the season even though I think that's going to be a mostly meaningless game for Green Bay I think Green Bay still wins that game so Unfortunately, Detroit, I've got you finishing 6-10. and 10. There's going to be some growing pains here without Megatron. It's probably going to mean a pretty good draft pick for you. You might want to consider finding the best wide receiver prospect that you possibly can in your draft position and uh, try to keep developing at that position. You probably got Matt Stafford for a few more years. You've got some nice pieces on the defense. I think that defense can do something, but against some of the competition you're going to face in this division and in the NFC, don't like Detroit's chances. I got them finishing 6-10. and 10. Let's go to Green Bay, and I'm going to make this real quick. The Packers are going to be 8-0 and at home this year. I don't think they lose to any of their home opponents, and that includes the Indianapolis Colts and the Seattle Seahawks. I think they beat them 
in Green Bay. Lambeau Field is going to be impenetrable this season. And I think they only lose two of their games on the road. I think this is a 14-2 and two football team, and I think they win the division. Spoilers. But they're going to go to Minnesota in Week 2. I think Minnesota wins that game. I think Minnesota wants to make a statement here early on. They punch Green Bay in the mouth. They st- uh, Minnesota, I think, is going to get off to a decent start this season. Spoilers. But I think Minnesota beats Green Bay in Minnesota in Week 2. I think Green Bay's other road loss is going to be in Tennessee. I mentioned that earlier. That is Week 10. And I think uh, Tennessee pulls the upset there beating Green Bay, who's going to be a very good team. So 14-2 and two Green Bay, they're going to win the NFC North. Uh, not really much competition here getting to a certain point in the season. But let's also talk about Minnesota. There's another team here. Minnesota, I think, is going to have a very good season. I think they're going to compete for a wild card. Spoilers. Matter of fact, through week nine, so about halfway through the season, I think Minnesota's only a one-loss team. The only loss that I see them having through week nine is in Carolina in week three against the Panthers. The Panthers are the defending NFC champions for a reason. I think they beat Minnesota in week three. But Minnesota, they go to Tennessee week one, they win that game. The aforementioned game hosting Green Bay, they win that one. Week four and five, they host the Giants and the Texans, they win that. They get the bye week in week six, not a bad bye week positioning. They go to Philly, go to Chicago, they win those games. They come back home, they host Detroit, they win that game. So Minnesota going to get off to a real torrid start here. Unfortunately, after week nine... I think this is a sub-500 team. I think they hit week nine. They hit that wall. They kind of run out of steam, especially with the early bye week. Hopefully, Adrian Peterson can get through the season uh, uninjured. Same goes for Teddy Bridgewater. But they got some tough road games the second half of the season. I don't. There's some that I think they are going to lose, which they should win, like at Washington in Week 10 and at Detroit in Week 12. I think they lose both those games. I think they lose a game in Jacksonville in Week 14. And then in Week 16, when they go to Green Bay, they're not going to win that game in Lambeau Field. So I think Minnesota finishes the season 10-6. and There's nothing wrong with double-digit wins. And I think Minnesota grabs one of those two wildcard spots. Green Bay wins the division at 14-2. and Minnesota goes to the wild card at 10 and 6. Let's go to the NFC South and we'll start with the Hatbox Kids Atlanta Falcons. Tough season for them last season. Think it's going to be another tough season this season. I think it's going to be tougher, in fact, this season. Atlanta got out to a great start last year and totally stumbled down the stretch, unfortunately. I think there's still going to be some growing pains here in Atlanta. They've only got a few precious seasons left of Julio Jones, but this season, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to go very well for them. I've got Atlanta finishing the season at 5-11, and and I've only got them winning one game on the road, and that is uh, in Tampa Bay in Week 9, division opponent. I, as you're going to hear, am not very high on the Bucs this season. So I like Atlanta to win that game, but they're only going to be a 1-7 and road team, which is unfortunate. The plus side to that is they're going to be 4-4 four and four at home. They got some home games that I think they're going to win here. Uh, hosting Tampa Bay week one, I think Atlanta gets off to a great start. Boom, they win that game. Atlanta starts the season 1-0. and oh. Unfortunately, I think they lose five straight games after that. They're in Oakland, in New Orleans, host Carolina. They're in Denver and in Seattle. That's just not fair. That is just plain not fair. It's just ridiculous. Then they get the Chargers back at home. I think they win that game. They're like, okay, here we go. We're 2-5, we're and five, which is not great, but we're going to turn the corner here. 
then the very next week they have to host Green Bay. So it's just like somebody in the scheduling office just hates the Falcons, just bloody hates them. So they lose to Green Bay. They get back on the right foot, as I mentioned, beat Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay week nine. Then they have to go to Philly. I think they lose that game. It's right ahead of their bye week. They're probably looking ahead. After the bye week, they got Arizona, Kansas City. I think they lose both of those games. They're at the Rams. If the game was in Atlanta, I would give it to Atlanta. It's not. It's in L.A., so I'm going to give it to L.A. I think they beat the 49ers, and I think they beat the Saints in Week 17 uh, in a mostly meaningless game. I got them 5-11, unfortunately. I wish I could give them more. I love Devonta Freeman. I love Matt Ryan. Like He's a guy I always try to target late in fantasy because he can put up some great numbers. Obviously, with Julio Jones, enough said, basically. But I don't think Atlanta's going to have a stellar season this year. I got them 5-11. Let's take a look at the Panthers. Spoilers! Panthers are winning this division again. I've got the Panthers finishing the season 12-4, and but they're not going to get off to a good start. I've got them losing in Denver in week one. Reason for that being, do I think Carolina's overall a better team? I do. Now that Peyton Manning's not there, I think Carolina is overall a better team. The game's in Denver, and Denver's the Super Bowl champions for a reason. So they are that until proven otherwise. I, I, I like Denver to win that game. So Denver, I think, beats Carolina in week one, as I believe I mentioned two weeks ago. But after that, Carolina's going to start ringing them off here. San Francisco and Minnesota and Tampa Bay at home, they win that. They travel to Atlanta in week four, they win that game. I think they lose in New Orleans. That's another little bit of a stumble there. Actually, I think all of Carolina's losses this year, all four of them, come on the road. In Denver in week one, in New Orleans in week six, in Seattle in week 13, and in Tampa Bay in a meaningless game in week 17. They'll have already had the division wrapped up by that point. But at home, I think Carolina is going to be absolutely impregnable, impenetrable. The 49ers at home, Minnesota at home, Tampa Bay, Arizona, that's going to be a big game in Week 8, but I think Carolina wins that game. Kansas City, New Orleans, not easy games. San Diego and Atlanta then again in Week 16. Carolina is going to be untouchable at home this year. That it's the, it's the old Baltimore Ravens philosophy, which is go unbeaten at home, and as long as you go 500 on the road, you're 12-4 and four and you're going to win the division. It's the Baltimore Ravens formula, and I think Carolina are the modern-day Baltimore Ravens. We'll put it that way. That's just me self-aggrandizing because I like the Ravens. Carolina, 12-4, and four, they're going to win the NFC South. But there is going to be another 500 team in the NFC South, and they're down south in Yollins. I like the Saints to go 8-8 eight and eight this season, and I think that is a season of success, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, for a Saints team that finds it very difficult to win games on the road. In fact, I think they only win one game on the road this year, and it's an upset in Arizona in Week 15. There's a 1-7 and seven team on the road, let's be honest. They don't know how to win on the road, but... The flip side of that is they're going to be 7-1 at home because the Saints are an unbelievable team in New Orleans in the Dome. I think they beat Oakland, beat Atlanta, beat Carolina in Week 6 coming out of the bye. They beat Denver in Week 10. I think they beat LA, they beat Detroit, and beat Tampa Bay at home. So that's 7-1 and one at home. The Saints are going to have a great season at home and an absolutely horrible season on the road. They're going to lose to teams that really they should beat. The Giants in week two, they're in New York, they're going to lose that game. San Diego in week four, they're in San Diego, they're looking ahead to the bye, they're going to lose that game. Kansas City, Kansas City probably beats them one way or the other. 
Um, but at the 49ers in week nine, I think that's one of the 49ers few wins this season, as we'll talk about when we look at the West, but I think San Francisco wins that game. They're at Carolina. They're not winning that at Tampa Bay. I think that's one of Tampa Bay's few wins this season. Tampa Bay beats them in Tampa Bay. And then at Atlanta in a mostly meaningless game again in week 17, I, I gave that one to the Falcons cause I felt bad for Hatbox. So <laughs> I like, I like the saints to be eight and eight. A 500 record, there's nothing wrong with that at all. If they were in the NFC East, they'd be competing for the division. But unfortunately, they're not. They're in the South. I like the Saints to finish 8-8 eight and eight and miss the playoffs. And then as I mentioned, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Well, this is unfortunate. I don't think I know any Bucks fans. Do I know any Bucks fans? Are there any Bucks fans in the chat? Or in the chat, the comments, whatever. Anyways, Bucks are going to go 3-13. and 13. Um, I don't think this is a good team at all. I think this is a team that has weapons. Like, I love Doug Martin. I love Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans is one of the best young wide receivers in the league. And Jameis Winston, hopefully, can continue to move forward and progress in his career. I still think when it's all said and done, I still think Marcus Mariota is going to be the better professional quarterback. But there seem to be fewer and fewer people who are beating that drum. But in any case, I like those players. I don't see what Tampa Bay has done to fundamentally improve themselves as a team where I think other teams in their division and other teams in the NFC have improved themselves or were already great and have not regressed in any way. And I just don't like Tampa Bay's chances. I don't think Tampa Bay wins a single game on the road this year. I think they're an 0-8 road team. I don't see a game in here that they win. They're in Atlanta week one. They're in Arizona week two. They're in Carolina week five. They're in San Francisco week seven, and maybe that's a game that they win. I gave that game to the 49ers, but maybe that's a game that they win coming out of the bye. That's entirely possible. In Kansas City, in San Diego, in Dallas, and in New Orleans. I think Tampa Bay loses all of those games with the possible exception. Okay, maybe, sorry, sorry, maybe Tampa Bay is going to be 4-12. and 12. Maybe I could successfully be tempted to make them 4-12, and 12, as I think I mentioned in someone's comment section when they were talking about the NFC. But Tampa Bay is going to be a non-factor here, except when it comes to a top five pick in the NFL draft. And just very quickly before we talk about the NFC West, which is the last division that we're going to talk about here, I did... A little thing where I went through and I wanted to see what the NFC's record was going to be against the AFC because I've always had this general feeling that the NFC has been a stronger conference than the AFC with the exception of like the teams at the top like your your you know your Denver's and your New England's are obviously very competitive with your Arizona's and your Carolina's and your Seattle's and and your Green Bay's and, and stuff like that but I always felt like the NFC uh, in general, was a better conference than was the AFC. So I thought, hey, what the hell? I've gone through, I've predicted the whole season. Let's take a look at their records against each other and see what the records say. Starts off very well. Week one, the NFC six and four against the AFC. One and one, two and oh, two and two. They're going pretty good here through the first four weeks. And then it kind of falls off. By the end of the season, I think the AFC is 37 and 27 against the NFC. I think the AFC very clearly gets the better of the NFC over the course of interconference play throughout the season. There are some weeks here, like, uh, let's see, which week is this? This is week five. I think the NFC goes one and five against the AFC. 
Uh, week 8, 0-3. Oh uh, week 11, 0-5. Oh uh, week 12, 1-3. Week 13, 1-5. So they, they, there's some weeks here where the AFC is just going to pound the NFC into powder. So in general, I think the AFC is actually the stronger conference between the two this season. What do you guys think? Which conference do you feel at the very least, or maybe you've researched it, which one do you feel or do you know is the stronger conference between the two, the AFC or the NFC? And also, of course, if you disagree with any of these predictions that I'm putting out there, by all means, get in the comments section on SoundCloud, on YouTube, iTunes reviews, everything. Let me know that you vehemently disagree with these predictions. And that's great because I love talking about that shit. I absolutely love it. So if you disagree with this, please, by all means, get in the comment section and let me know. Let's talk about the NFC West. Obviously, we know how the NFC West works. It goes through Arizona and Seattle, and you got two other teams there, LA and San Francisco, who are just just treading water. Like, let's, let's be perfectly honest. We'll start... In Arizona, spoilers, I've got Arizona winning this division. I got them finishing 13-3. and three. I think Arizona is another team that runs the table at home. I think they're 8-0 and o at home with a relatively soft home schedule, although they do have some killer games in the early half of the season at home. You're talking about the Patriots in Week 1. You're talking about the Seahawks here in Week 7. But I think they win both of those games. I think they beat New England Week 1. They beat Seattle in Week 7 by virtue of those games being in Arizona. As a matter of fact, I've got Arizona starting the season 7-0 and very clearly as the best team in football. I think they lose in Carolina ahead of the bye week. I mean, hey, let's go into the bye week 7-1. and one. I think we're all okay with that. So I think they lose in Carolina. They start another win streak, but the last two games of the season, which are essentially going to be nothing games, they're both on the road. They're at Seattle and at Los Angeles. I think Arizona probably plays their second second team uh, guys for all but the first quarter or the first half. Arizona kind of cruises into winning this division, I feel, at 13-3. and They lose those last two games of the regular season and lose Week 8 in Carolina. They run the table at home. They win the rest of their games. Arizona, 13-3. and And then let's talk about Seattle. Boom. Seattle's going to be 12-4, and and they're going to get into the first wildcard spot ahead of the Minnesota Vikings. Seattle, I think all four of their losses this season come on the road, but I think they're another team. Seattle's such a hard team to play in Seattle. And Seattle, I think this is the second team in this division that runs the table at home. And let's be honest, you look at Seattle's home schedule, the schedulers almost set it up for Seattle to run the table at home this season. Miami, San Francisco, Atlanta right after the bye week, Buffalo, Philadelphia, Carolina in week 13, that's going to be a tough game, obviously, but I'm going to give it to the Seahawks based on the fact that it's in Seattle. The Rams, and then Arizona in week 16 when the game is going to be meaningless. So, boom, Seattle, 8-0 at home, 4-4 on the road. Road losses early in the season to the Rams, then in Arizona, in New England, and in Green Bay. Very tough buildings to play in. I don't think Seattle's going to have quite enough to win those games. I'm still 50-50 on Thomas Rawls as a starting running back. I think that's going to be a full-blown running back by committee, probably by the bye week, if not the week afterwards. So, you know, 
Those are difficult road games, especially those last three. In Los Angeles, I understand that that's going to be an upset, but I like the Rams to win that game. Seattle's 12-4. and four. Seattle's going to the playoffs in the first wildcard spot. Boom. Book it. Arizona and Seattle both going to the playoffs. And for our last two teams here, the 49ers and the Rams, I think combined, these two teams are only going to have nine wins. But let's start in Los Angeles, who I think are going to have five of those nine wins. I like them to go five and 11 this season. Their wins, all five of them are going to come at home. They're going to be a five and three home team. Something good for the fans of Los Angeles who have been missing the Rams for 20 years. Now they're back. They're going to give the home fans something to cheer about. Unfortunately, every time they hit the road, L.A. is going to come out on the losing end of things, including in San Francisco in week one. I like the 49ers to come out amidst all this Colin Kaepernick controversy and boom, punch the Rams in the mouth week one. I like the 49ers to win that game. Then, of course, there's the aforementioned upset of the Rams beating Seattle in Los Angeles in Week 2. But again, road games in Tampa Bay, in Arizona, in Detroit, in New York to play the Jets. The Jets are a tough home team. I think they lose that game in New Orleans, in New England, and in Seattle. Unfortunately, I don't see L.A. winning any of those games. But again, I think they're going to be 5-3. and three at home by virtue of week 17 a matchup against Arizona. Arizona's going to have nothing to play for at that point. They're going to be 13 and 2. So I, I just gave the Rams that game because whatever. The Rams do have something to play for because they're playing in front of the home crowd. They want to leave them with a good note to end the season and guarantee that they're an above 500 team at home. I think they do that in week 17 and beat Arizona. LA finishes the season 5 and 11. Not good, but Good enough for the home fan base at the very least. And then we'll finish it off with those crazy San Francisco 49ers and Colin Kaepernick and his descent, I guess. It's weird because let's let's just talk about this Colin Kaepernick thing for a second. It's his right. Okay? Let's let's just let's put that right out on Front Street. It's his right to choose not to stand up at the national anthem. If he feels that that national anthem represents oppression or represents continuing oppression or represents the lack of properly fighting oppression or whatever, whatever it is, it's his right. And we can't infringe upon his right to do that. He also cannot in turn infringe upon our right to criticize him for it. Both of those things are fair game. But it's one of those things where... It's an act of dissent that doesn't really accomplish much of anything. Sure, it may promote some other players to decide to do the same thing, or other people to decide to do the same thing. Fair game. That's, that is something. But let's not pretend that this is Rosa Parks refusing to give up her seat on the bus. Let's not pretend that this is that student in Tiananmen Square standing in front of a tank. Like, this is one person. You you know what this is? This is Tim Thomas refusing to go to the White House after the Boston Bruins won the Stanley Cup because he doesn't like Obama. Or, as people love to joke on the internet, doesn't like black people. I don't think that's true of Tim Thomas, by the way, but he is a bit of a conservative jerkwad um but th- that's all this is 
This is one player unilaterally deciding to do a thing. It's not a civil right. It's not, he's not Martin Luther King Jr. He's Colin Kaepernick. So let's not pretend that this is some wild act of, of, you know, extremism. This is just a guy choosing not to stand up during the national anthem. I think everyone has kind of made a mountain out of a molehill and it's within his right. If he doesn't want to stand up, he doesn't want to stand up. If you want to criticize him for it, criticize him for it. Go for it. As long as we're clear on that. Okay, 49ers are going to finish the season 4-12. Uh, I think, as I mentioned, they beat L.A. in week 1. Punch L.A. in the mouth. San Francisco gets off to a 1-0 start. I think they beat Buffalo in Buffalo in week 6. And then I think they beat Tampa Bay. So that two straight wins heading into the bye week. And then I think they beat the Saints coming out of the bye week. What is this? At the week after their bye week. So at the end of week 9, heading into week 10. The San Francisco 49ers, write it down, will be a 500 team at 4-4. Four and four. Unbelievably, they will be a 500 team at 4-4. Four and four. And then they're going to lose every other game for the rest of the season because they're in Arizona. They host New England. They're in Miami. I think Miami beats them based on the fact that it's in Miami and they got across the country to do it. They're in Chicago. It's one of Chicago's few wins this year, but I think that happens. They host the Jets. Jets are a better team. They're in Atlanta. It's in Atlanta, so I think Atlanta wins that game. They're in Los Angeles. Los Angeles gets revenge for the Week 1 loss, and then they play Seattle. Even though it's a meaningless game for Seattle in Week 17, I think Seattle still beats them by virtue of being a much better team. So the 49ers finish the season 4-12. and They got a great chance at a top five pick in the draft. And Colin Kaepernick can choose to sit all he wants because apparently it's going to be Blaine Gabbert's show. Who knows? Kaepernick may be cut by the time I publish this episode. But let's all stop bitching about the not standing at the anthem, okay? Full disclosure, I'm not American, so it doesn't affect me in any way. If someone chooses to not stand during the Canadian National Anthem, I don't really care. All right, folks, that is it. We have had a real journey together here on the four parts of episode zero heading into the regular season, and you've lasted the whole episode. Here's the special announcement. The special announcement is you're not going to have to wait until next Tuesday for those week one picks. That's right. In two days' time, on Thursday, that is going to be September 1st. Boom. Week one picks, Bridgewater's Finest. They're going to be out on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on iTunes. In two days' time, week one picks are going to be coming at you. I've basically given them to you if you listen to uh, the AFC and NFC predictions, but episode one, the week one episode, is going to be coming out in two days' time on Thursday, two episodes of the podcast for you this week. How could you ask for anything more? Christmas comes early. Week one picks in two days' time. That's going to do it for me, guys. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube. Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Bridgewater's Finest on SoundCloud. Bridgewater's Finest on iTunes. Go find us there. Go join the Pick'em Leagues straight up and against the spread. Thank you so much for listening to the first four episodes, or first four parts of Episode Zero. Episode Zero has now come to a full and complete close. Thank you so much for supporting this little journey I'm on. I can't wait to bring you the Week 1 picks in two days time we'll see you then it's going to be a fun season i thank you for joining me
Thank you.